You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where, of course, we talk about the Indiana Pacers. As always, my name is Tony East. I cover the Team 4 Forbes in the West Indianapolis Community News, and joining me on the other line, the man who did not shoot over 50% from three in game two, Adam Friedman, my co-host. Adam, Pacers are down 0-2 in the series. Yeah, so three of the South, or not last, almost the Celtics, three of the Heat's five starters uh, shot above 50% from three, right? Yeah. Yeah, Butler, two of three, Drodick, two of four, and Doug Robinson. I was actually mad Jimmy missed his last three because I was like, what, like, what are the odds we walk out of the series and Jimmy Butler makes – so like so like Jimmy Butler's gonna make more threes than McDermott this series. What the hell is that? Well, you know that's that's <laughs> just kind of what happens in the playoffs. I feel like Butler does turn it up a little bit. I think Butler is especially feasting because uh, he has nobody who can guard him pretty much, uh, and he is clearly the most just like physically dominant player on the court. He's like, balling. It kind of reminds me a little bit of PG against the Raptors, except it's the flipped where Butler's <laughs> team kind of. Well, no, Butler's <laughs> team accentuates his strengths. Paul George's team did the exact opposite. Yeah. Paul George was the best player of that series against Toronto. I mean, it was clear from the beginning. Paul George, I think, scored like 31 points a game for a seven game, which is pretty hard to do uh, over that many games. But his team was completely, like, not built to fit him. And so it was just, like, him just pushing uphill constantly. Just score point where Butler, like, can pretty much go 5 of 13. And he did tonight. And I think I had a really good game because he found a bunch of shooters. He kept finding Duncan Robinson in the right spots. He found Drodak at the right moments. He just, like... They kind of turn him into kind of this point forward ish sort of player sometimes, and he's just pretty good at it. He is very good at it. So, Adam, this game kind of similar to me in vibe of game one, where the Pacers play fine, you know, pretty good, kind of do the stuff they want to do, uh, have some rough stretches in the second half to really put the game away. Uh, but really, it's like they can play fine and good and defend this and that well, and then Duncan Robinson can't miss and you lose. Yeah, they were they were cutting it to six a couple of times, and then he just pulled away with a couple of big threes. Third quarter I mean, was, was killer. I think it and was he got it up to sixteen in the third. Wasn't it ninety one eighty five? Or am I am I thinking right? Wasn't uh, ninety one eighty five? It got after the yeah, it got to six. That is correct in the right. And it was at, in six was at, at six. that point where if they get a stop and make a basket, it's a game. And also. then Dragic hit a three, I believe. Exactly. So it, I don't know. Maybe that is the up, exact just, right score. Good job, ninety one eighty five. Oh, I, I do watch these games, Tony. <laughs> I couldn't remember the score. No, that is not the right score. I apologize. Uh, the six-point game score, I can't find. Never mind. Carry on. But, yes, it got close um, at the beginning of the fourth again. Whatever it was, they, they cut to a point where, like, it was it was 88-81 at one point. And it was, yep. like, and it was that if they had gotten the stop on Dardic there and went down and scored, it would have been, like, a four-point game, which puts you in the game. Right, yep. I mean, if you're within four in the fourth quarter, it's it's a ball game. The game, uh, but that right there, kind of, and they, it just consistently kept happening. Um, Dragic has been the king of timely shots this series. Oh, Dragic has been amazing this series. I mean, he's he has been really good. It's like almost he's been kind of just waiting all playoffs. I mean, we forgot. I think he, we forget that. I don't think he was ever made a top thirty player, but remember this guy was traded for like three first round picks. Like he was considered one of the best. Yeah. What was a ten point guard? He was an all star two seasons ago. Yeah, the same the season of Vic's first All Star, Dragic was an All Star. So yeah, know, but the East, still. the East for guards. I mean, he, he still, but like he was a top ten point guard, which is saying yeah. a lot in the league. Who's a good player? The deep in guards. Dude is yeah. killing it. Genius, Eric Spolstra move to start him all of a sudden. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they were. That's probably gonna. That was probably the idea of the whole season. Just let right. him, like, because he couldn't get healthy. He's been so on and off hurt for two years. He's they just needed him to find. Yeah. yeah, he's what 32, 33 now. I mean, yeah. Remember when they almost traded him to make room for Jimmy Butler? Yeah, because they, they didn't. He's thirty four right now. Almost traded him. To by the way, he's thirty four. So, wow. Let's let's zoom in on this game. First of all, I'm going to make fun of a lot of people on Twitter really quickly. People that just throw out the word adjustments like it. And they don't know what they're talking about because the Pacers clearly made adjustments to me. Oh, 100%. 100,000%. 34 threes, 10 more than the game before. That's the first one. Very obvious they were focusing on threes, especially in the first quarter. They tacked Bam right away, hoping to get in foul trouble. Tacked Bam right away. Got him in foul trouble, right? Him playing less minutes was a big reason they were winning early. Uh, They sagged more off of Jay Crowder, which... It felt like Jay Crowder made a lot of threes. He only made two. But he didn't really. He made two yeah. six. But he only took one more. But, you know, they, they they gave Jay Crowder more room to try to clog up the paint, slow down kind of that kind of stuff. They changed up the rotation with the all-bench unit in the second quarter. That did not work at all. But I like the yeah. idea. Try to get the starters yeah. Er, yeah. in earlier in the fourth because Blech. that's what killed Gross. them last time. Starters yes, all-bench all bench was unit terrible. Was a disaster. The all-bench unit was a disaster, no doubt. But I would say if you told me those adjustments before the game, I said, yeah, those sound great <laughs> to me. Yeah. Tagging off Jay Crowder, good choice. Uh, more threes, great choice. Uh, the bench, I, I'm not pro all bench unit ever. However, I understand wanting more starters in the fourth. So I can go, okay, that all sounds fun. Gotta be in the game in the fourth, though, to play your starters. Gotta be, in the, gotta be in the game. Yeah, they were down 10 by the um, eight-minute mark. But none of, like, not that none of them worked necessarily. But, yeah, Duncan so, Robinson went crazy, and their offense yeah, so, stagnated down the stretch game over so that 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 was the problem right they they actually so they made a lot of uh, coming out in the series not adjustments i guess whatever you want adjustments from the last time they played the heat like oh, five monday the they, monday before um, the playoffs yeah yep. where they made some adjustments where they came out a lot more aggressive which they kind of were again today i mean bargain was going for bam and you could see in the game one they were aggressive and they were actually doing a really good job and, and part of it was just cold but they were doing a good job chasing duncan around really honing in on him but then they made some other adjustments. They forgot about they got to keep on Duncan Robinson because Robinson doesn't, you know, if he goes two of it, the other the night is, they're in this game. Sorry, like, I'm going to cut you simple. off. Oh, no, fine. Like half of Robinson's threes were very heavily contested by Vic, and he just made them. And the other half were off of offensive rebounds, and they just completely lost them when they crashed the boards. And those are a disaster. Yeah, was the first two weren't that contested, I didn't think. The I thought first were, three he made, I thought two were heavily contested by Vic, and one was off an offensive rebound. And then yeah, the, the I, Sumner fouled him. That's obviously contested, and then he drilled it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, that kind of stuff. Some were, yes, yeah, some were open, not, no doubt. And he's just insane, right? That's He is playing to do one thing, and that is shoot eight threes. So it's like he's going to get some off. You know, it is what it is. But uh, yeah. And eight is a lot, they, and making seven is a lot. If the Heat shot also, 40% from three this game, which is still an insane three-point percentage after shooting 35, the Pacers win. They were just they also, higher from deep. To me, though, they also failed in one adjustment. They didn't really figure out how to beat the double teams or how to no. attack how to attack the weak defenders of the – like the Drogics and the Robinson, right? If Robinson is going to make as many threes, you have to put him in this – like you got to make sure he's in, in every, every ball pick and roll. Yeah, and everything and make him really exhausted because he's not like – in that great, I mean, he's just not like athletically on the level to be able to con- like Butler. You can't do it. Butler can play forty-eight minutes a game. I mean, if he needed to play forty minutes, and he played forty-eight really good minutes. But like yep. Robinson doesn't have that ability yet. You have to just make him work because he's already spending a lot of energy on the offensive end because he's shooting a lot of twenty-five foot threes, constantly running around. So that's already a little bit tiring. You got to make him work on defense. You almost got to think- force the Heat not to play him in some ways because he's such a liability on the defensive end. I think it's so obvious. 
that he is like the huge weak point on D because the two guys he ends up on most consistently, Brogdon Depot, had 17 of the Pacers' 20 free throws in this game, right? Because he can't contain them. So he just blows by them to the rim and then someone else has to come over and there's a foul. Like those two guys are just going at him. When those guys go at other guys, their drives kind of struggle. Both of them shot pretty badly in this game, nine for 28 combined. But they could score on Duncan Robinson. It's like that is the weak point, even though – like, tonight, no matter how bad his defense was, he's going to be a plus because he was just scorching. But, yeah, the, still not targeting him enough for my liking. They did. Another adjustment is they tried a few more skip passes because the Heat, you know, were really loading up with the switches and pre-switches and stuff. And that's how Miles Turner was able to get free and actually have a pretty nice game. That was one thing that did go well. Yeah. Um, do you want to do a positive or do you want to keep going down this? Uh, yeah, I think this is a good time to talk so, about – Oh, I think Turner, Turner, right? He's the most positive player tonight. He had a really good night, I thought. Yeah, I think Turner, the positive, this is, the, this is like the biggest positive to me is his defense has been, outside of the first half of the first game, his defense has been pretty solid all series long. Yeah, I so thought, like all troubles know, made a couple of big blocks here or there. Yep, yep, great. Five, five blocks in this game. Shot fantastic, you know, and was letting, like not truly letting him fly. McMillan talked to me uh, in one of the interviews about how like not taking an early shot, clock shot, you know, waiting for the third or fourth option to get the shot. Uh, but Miles was letting it fly a few times. This game hit them all. Uh, had a nice shot fake to get around Kelly Olenek for a nice move at the basket. Still looked pretty good compared to what you expect from Turner on the glass. The Pacers did get out-rebounded in this one, unlike the first game. Uh, but yeah, Turner, after the first game, played a very good game in this one, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing to think about is he he was hesitant for probably, what, the first couple of shots, but then he finally yeah. just – somebody said, said him, Turner, just shoot the ball. Just shoot it. And just he saw one go in. Yeah, that helped too. But I think somebody, I think somebody literally said, I, I just said to him, just shoot. Like, stop, stop overthinking this. Just shoot the, the effing ball, basically. If you miss it, you miss it. Like, none of us are making shots, anyways. <laughs> you know, Warren can't make a three tonight. Like, just shoot the ball. I Who actually cares? saw a video today of the playoffs last year of Jimmy Butler mic'd up for the Sixers, and he threw it to Embiid, and he yelled, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. And then Embiid hit it, and he went crazy. It's like, Turner needs that. Turner needs a hype man to tell him to shoot it every yeah. time. It's- um, I mean, I thought the best – I mean, it was him or Samson had a pretty good night for what he does, right? Samson, Samson kind of a continues to be such an impressive – High center. energy. Yeah. Super high energy. The problem that is with him is that he doesn't – what the bench needs is the Sabonis player, which we were trying to talk before this podcast, before we decided to start recording. But, like, <laughs> um, he yeah. provides a good little spark off the bench, but the role the bench needs him in is somebody that can, like, facilitate and set picks and open up all the – he's not really that kind of player. So He can get the so. boards. He can kind of screen, I guess. Uh, he's been hitting shots, which has made him effective in this series. They actually outscored the Heat with him on the court in this game. Uh, yeah, the energy's huge. Good de- good defender. But if they had a better point guard on the bench, he would be a really good fit. I know McConnell's struggles have been huge. I have yeah. not been good. Well, well I guess, I mean, a different point guard than a point guard who could kind of score on his own and then create that yep. way, whereas McConnell kind of creates by just sort of being really, really nifty with the ball at times. I think the third positive and a guy who's been insanely good this series, Justin Holiday. Um yeah. Wasn't making the shots like in the first game, but ridiculously good defensive game from Justin yeah, Holiday. Good night. And the, at the, we talked about that fourth quarter stretch where they cut it close. He had like three steals like right away in that quarter to get them easy. Well, he, they actually only scored, I think, once off of them, but uh, to get them some fast breaks to to get some buckets. And yeah, his shot wasn't super there today. But when he when him and Jukar were in, the bench was actually pretty good. It's the 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 seven, the top seven <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, the other guys have not, but. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to call them negatives because I feel like some guys did some good things and bad things. But I think we should take a break and talk about everybody else. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. So one reason 
to repair and maintain your cars is to save money. So you can use that money for other important things like food or your mortgage. And why would you choose to spend 30% or 50% or even 100% more the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership when you can get it for cheaper at rockauto.com? They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have auto and body parts online from hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique. It's super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the available parts for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. And those prices are going to be reliably low for everyone. If you're a do-it-yourselfer, a professional, or someone who doesn't know anything about your car, you'll be paying less than you would at the chain store. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts they have for your car, truck, and then when you check out Riot Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So who do we start with here, Adam? Who's your guy? In the everyone else. Vic. Vic? Okay. Vic. Yeah. Vic uh, playing in a full game. I love it. Yeah. What I don't Um, love is uh, taking three (laughs) two-pointers. Uh, I don't love a six, six turnovers, turnovers. <laughs> driving into triple teams to me, to me, what this team needs right now is, um, a big time playmaker, right? They need, they need that, that guy, right? That's the thing they're kind of missing for the heat where the heat have a guy like Butler who, who last time came up really clutch in a pretty close game, uh, hit some big shots. And in this one, I think at times came up clutch. I mean, he had a couple of big threes at big moments, brought it kind of the one that kind of pushed them, but they just need somebody, a big shot player and Vic. It just isn't that Adam, right I was now. told what they need are adjustments. I mean, if the adjustment is, can, <laughs> a, can we have a guy who can score 30 every night? Sure. Um, I just, that would be I my adjustment. I am so sick of the word adjustments because I don't, I don't know what, what you want to see. Do you want to see, like, the bench start? I, I just don't get it. Anyway. No, I mean, I, I think <laughs> – Not you, some, Adam. Like, we should – You, the some gripes. of people on the internet. No, I know. There are some gripes with Big Millen. Like, Absolutely. I, I think – but I don't think the adjustment is not the gripe. It's it's some other issues. But like, the, um, they clearly have made it an effort to put the ball in Vic's hand because he has the best matchup, right? They're double teaming Warren. They're basically throwing Crowder on Vic, and they easily get a switch on Vic to say, you know, they switched him a couple times on what with Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero on the court. They made him that one on one matchup. Like, and Vic, he's just he's just not there yet. And I don't know if he's ever going to get back to where he was. But like, if he was at a 2017, 18 level, they probably would have won one of these games because he would have been roasting guys to the rim and scored and probably had three turnovers instead of six and have 30 points tonight instead of 22 right but he's just not there and I don't know what they do because I think he wants he thinks he could he can still be that one-on-one player right now so when he sees the matchup he takes it and it's not efficient right now it's just not the heat know that he wants to attack the rim and they're just slamming the paint when he gets by a guy and he cannot get out of it he tries to spin around someone or pull back and not there yeah, it's just it's just not there. Uh, that was a lot of his turnovers where they would just immediately cut him off in the paint. And, he, yeah, he doesn't have the passing chops to get it out anymore. He doesn't have the athleticism to get some of those crafty finishes. Right? Again, he only took three two-pointers in this game, which is crazy because he took 14 shots. And I'm actually totally okay with him ripping 11 threes. His pull-up triple looks pretty yeah, it good. good. It looks good. Yeah, if you, can, if you can hit three or four of those every game, go ahead and take them. Uh, but, yeah, he, he can't put it on the floor, get in Stelane, and – and make a play, he's really just a pull-up perimeter shooter and a, and a pretty good defender. You know, again, well, he, he had some lapses chasing Duncan Robinson in this one, but to, go ahead. To me, what he really misses is Sabonis and Thaddeus yep. Young and those abilities to get those yeah. easy 12-foot, two-point shots wide open off the, like, The dunker spot dude just chilling there. Well, and he he's – he 
this two man game with a bonus was really good. And Fatty even a little bit kind of yeah. could could replicate that at times where it, they could hand it off to him, get him kind of one on one, and then he could hit. He for I mean, what made him really good? One of these was he was hitting his fifteen footer really good, right? Too yep. like where he could hit inside a twelve foot spot and just money every time. He's just not doesn't have that touch right now, and that's a huge problem for him. It is. It really is. So. I, yeah, like he was the guy that I was staring at his name when I said, I, you know, we're not shifting to bad performances. I don't think Vic was bad. He, he had 22 points on 14 shots. That's an efficient game, but the turnovers were absolutely killer. Um, so he's got to he's got to clean that up and you'd be willing to pass earlier on the drive or just have a more coherent plan than just I'm going to spin. You know what I mean? Like it felt like a lot of times he just he got cut off, so he spun and he didn't know what he was going to end up doing after that. Yeah, and I think the other. Like, do you think his handle is yes, it's a mental game? It is a mental thing right now? Um, Maybe just not as many reps in games, too, in forever. But it's, I, I, I can't explain it. Like, that's it's a very strange thing to have lost. Yeah. I, that, not that's lost. The, well, lost, yeah. Lost is No, it, it, it's lost right now. And I don't know if it's just because he's thinking about his feet too much and then losing track of the ball. And he's just not – it's like not moving mm-hmm. on a singular motion almost in a way. Um, cause right. The best bonders don't have to think about dribbling. They just do it. Right. right? That's like, that's yep. like, it's just like, it's like the ball's attached to their hand pretty much. It's like the same thing as their hand. Um, so I, and I, I don't know if teams have noticed a way to just go after him, but he just, and, until he gets his handle back, I think at one point, I mean, you and I would have said we would like pick Vic to be the point guard on this team. Yeah. Good enough. It's just good. Well, we wanted we him to play point until he got hurt. Yeah. And so I, I just don't know. I mean, until he has that handle back, I'm just not sure how efficient he can be and if right. he can't be efficient then he's got to just become basically kind of a Justin Holiday with a little bit better going to the rim right because he can shoot he's a great pull-up shot I mean he's a better defensive he's a really good defensive player he can make a couple of smart plays but unless he has that ability to get cut through the lane and then either kick it out or score he really just really can be really effective just running around the court draining you know pull-up threes because he's got a smooth quick shot I mean that's, I think that's even huge. the threat of him both shooting and dribbling was still really helpful like we saw we you know we talked about a lot after the first game by missing both Aaron and Vic, they were missing. I think we saw that in this game. A with the with the quicker Bam fouls, and B just with the offense in general, with the starters. Right, Vic played thirty six minutes, and they only got outscored by two in those minutes. You know, they did they did well when Vic was in the game. He was able to to help his his cohorts on offense and stuff like that. It's just he's got to iron out a lot of things with his handle and his and his drives to the rim. So you want to move on to uh, Anthony Warren or Malcolm no, Brogdon? I want to to apologize for being wrong, Adam. Yeah. One of the adjustments I requested uh, was more T.J. McConnell, and I was wrong. Oh. There should not be more T.J. McConnell. No, <laughs> He'd have owned not. in on his one-trick fadeaway shot thing, and it is not there for him. And He's a, he's, he's a regular he, season guy, not a postseason guy. I don't know about that, but I think that whatever they're asking him to do is not working because it he just looked very ineffective today. Okay, so now can we move on to Anthony Warren. <laughs> I was wrong, and I and I would like to uh, formally apologize. Yeah, we can talk about I, TJ Warren. So, again, Warren, not a not a terrible efficient night. Not 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 a great bad. night. It was bad. Fourteen points at fifteen shots is bad. Yeah. Got to make the threes. He was four or five. Yeah, if he makes time. two of those three, let's, to, let's let's make four or five again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that's not gonna happen every night. Um, yeah, I thought. I think the thing that uh, to. To me, about it when I watch him, it just—he did a good job. I thought defensively, right? they put him on Butler today and let him. And yeah, I thought he didn't do a terrible yeah. job. Butler, Butler didn't. Yeah, that was a nice great. adjustment too. Put him on Butler. Yeah, I mean, I thought he played pretty well. Made a, then he make a steal off that at one point during the offense. He did I not have the, a steal, so no. 
Did he not have a steal? What did he have? Did he have a transition point. Maybe he cleaned up the glass on Oladipo's Maddie steal. That might have been. He had a lot of rebounds too. Yeah, yeah I, there was. He made a couple of plays on the defensive end that I thought were okay. I think the problem with him is, is I don't know if he's just not getting his bread and butter kind of plays because they're double teaming him. Like I'm talking about, like you know, the random backdoor cuts or this kind of like cleaning up the glass kind of play, stuff like that. Like he's just, I think he he got really good at three point shooting, and now he thinks that he should just be a pull-up three-point shooter and he might be if that's really gonna if he can make four or five of them then certainly yes he should be or make even two or five of them a night but he used to be kind of 18 shots and 15 of them were two-point shots but he made 13 of them and that I it think like he's going away from that and I don't know if that's because he doesn't have the ability to get this, this kind of shot because the way the defense is throwing at him but it's just interesting yeah this was the most uncomfortable I think I, I the heat have gotten him so I think some of the the offense with it's like again it's fine I think some of the stuff with him on the court in this game too is like the, heat, the Pacers know the double is coming, so they're trying to use that to like create advantage in other places. But the Heat know that he can't really pass at all, so they're not afraid to like quickly send help or pack the paint when he does get the ball. So it's hard for him to get in those positions where he can get the shot that he likes, right in the mid post or on those cuts, and they don't have a guy to really hit the cutter. Um, Brogdon can, but he hasn't for some reason. We'll get to him. Uh, so he has kind of resorted to the three a little more than normal, right? He gets the ball at the top of the key more often. He's still driving a fair amount, a few four shots this game, but not too many. But yeah, they've just been done a really nice job. The Heat have, I think, of throwing him off of his spots. And because they know his limitations when he does get doubled or when they do send extra ball pressure, it allows them to just shrink the floor for the Pacers and not let them keep the ball moving or get a good shot after he has the ball. So the Pacers have to be a little bit pickier and choosier. Yeah, did you know he doubled his assist average on the season? Or doubled the assists <laughs> he averaged on the season? Yeah, three was a, a big assist night for him, which is a, exactly part of the problem. Yeah, he just... I, I mean, <laughs> I almost wondering if it's better if he didn't score 150 points in the first <laughs> five games. We talked about that in the Fieldhouse chat a little bit today. Is It's like, we the struggles without Sabonis were obvious in the games when Warren didn't go nuclear, and now I think that we're seeing him back to earth a little bit where, you know, I think we were kind of locked into Warren mania and we're like, Oh, there was a lot of stuff that like they were clearly missing that he just the, masqueraded. The, the thing is that the problem I go back to is if Sabonis was playing in these games and you had, I don't want to get like, to this too early. We'll get to the Sabonis injury excuse later. Adam. <laughs> 10% better. This would be great, right? Having a guy, their double team that isn't one of your best two offensive players. It'd be fantastic. Or, it would be you nice. know, you're, Right, it would be oh, they got a double team Warren all day. Great, we'll just run pick it. You know, that's that's the problem. Is it? it it's a great thing to have when a guy like Warren, who is a good player, but isn't necessarily probably like a top twenty player, is being like treated like he's a top twenty player because that means every you know your your actual top twenty five thirty player, maybe if you have two of them, can just shine. But like it, it's like they don't have that other guy, so it's just right. like a weak point at this point. Right. It's very much mirroring 27 and 18, it feels like. That whole There's two more people I want to talk about. One is Nate McMillan, and the other one is Malcolm Brogdon. Which one do you want to do first? Okay, so we're skipping Aaron Holiday. It's fine if we do. Uh, he was fine. Okay, let's, <laughs> he, let's move on. Move. move he can't defend Dan Crowder in the post. Find another way to do that, but other, I mean, he was fine. Yeah, so Malcolm Brogdon, right. go. go. Brogdon, Brogdon, dude, chill out with the dribbling. I mean, he, he like, okay, so the this isn't necessarily an adjustment. I just think Brogdon being a smart player, like he couldn't really beat guys off the dribble in game one or last Monday. So today he would kind of like circle back or like retry. There was a lot of Malcolm. Corey Joseph-esque. Corey Joseph-esque. Yes, exactly. I should have thought of that before I started talking. Yeah. So 
combine that with him not being able to get the space for a layup and not hitting his three, and it just feels like he has very little gravity or like as a threat. You know, his passing was pretty good. He was who I was referencing when I talked about those skip passes earlier. He did a pretty good job, you know, of, of when he could manipulate the defense, throwing it to an open man somewhere else. But it felt like a lot of the times he was really struggling to to you know get his matchup or get whoever he was trying to move to move because he was just drilling so much. Yeah, he is uh, 10 of 32. Wow. Wow. Uh, and that includes 3 of 12 from 3. Sheesh. sheesh. So, he, yeah, I think his passing has been like – he's that's his thing as a point guard. You know, he's transitioning positions this year. He's been a better passer than I thought he'd be in year one as a point guard, but a much worse scorer. And, you know, he had like the mid-range thing working for him all season long. Not that mid-range is, you know, the shot you want to hunt, but if it's there, take it, especially when you can hit him at his rate. And it feels like in this series he's just so – going so hard at the rim and in the three that he's just not getting the shots he wants and he's not setting up the right stuff. And he's just, to, to, it was a lot of, he should be, today. he should be able to play the, the Drogic role in this series. Drogic yeah, role. The third right? option be, attacker. Yeah. Who can hit a couple of big threes and, you know, is efficient ish. I mean, Drogic went nine, 18 tonight. I think he probably had a similar night on Monday. Uh, he was nine at 19. So yeah, pretty similar. Yep. Four, nine, four, nine from three in that game. But I mean, it just, it just feels like, that should be his role, but I, I, at times it feels like, well, TJ Warren's being double teamed. Vic can't get a, his his handle to go. So Malcolm, it's your turn to try to make a play instead of right. like it just. I mean, I know. I mean, this was kind of the way they played against the Lakers. Probably their best game of this bubble, um, I would say, because it's the highest quality opponent they played really well against. Uh, but they're they were doing in that game. They won because they won all the one on one matchups. There's not a lot of like uh, team basketball, I guess I would say, going on. This team a lot of like movement. Like I mean, you can see with the Heat. I mean, they just kicking the ball around left and right, right to everybody, trying to find Duncan Robinson open basically on, on any chance possible. The, the versus, like The Pacers doing, are playing a lot of well, ISO actions. I, I don't want to ham, hammer – well, yeah, okay, yes. The Pacers are doing a lot of ISO, like as a criticism level of ISO. That's kind of the playoffs are to an extent, right? The Heat are doing their ISOs with Jimmy nah, and Dragic sometimes. less, Way less than the Pacers, like way less. Like if you watch the Thunder today, they did way more than the Pacers did. It was excruciating. That's why they lost. Dennis Schroeder was like – well, apparently thought he was Michael Jordan. Like, teams so like, ISO more in the playoffs. However, there is a point where it's A, way too much, and B, not right for your personnel. The Pacers have far exceeded that point. Yeah. Well, and to me, what separates the teams that will lose in the first round or second round, like the Thunder probably, who are down 12 with Russ Bukowski come back yet, or yep. the Pacers at this point, they look like they're going to lose, uh, is they don't have the ability to move the ball around in a really good way. I mean, I think – if I remember, I mean, this used to be Frank Vogel's big thing was like in the playoffs, you got to just keep moving the ball, keep teams scrambling and find the guy in the corner, right? That used to be like George Hill's thing was he would just sit in the corner and the Pacers would figure out, you'll actually kick him the ball in the corner after passing it down. Like you, have to get, you have to keep the ball moving it because there are going to be times when there's just a lot of like chaos because it's a playoff game of high energy and you've got to be able to sort of be able to make the right pass. And the Pacers don't really have that right now where the good teams like the Heat right now are at times – able to find the right pass instead of worrying about all this other stuff. And, you know, they can, they can beat you isolation because they have a really good player, but they also are really good just kicking it around constantly and finding the person they want to find for a good three-point shot. And McMillan's offense and really the archaic nature of it on full display here today, this is where the criticisms of him should be ringing clear, is that they're yeah. doing a lot of isos because, right, his offense is like quick action or like quick this with a couple options and a pass and then – the ancillary stuff from that first action and then boom, they're done and they, they reset into something else or whatever the ISO or the pick and roll, whatever they end the possession with. 
which looks ugly because the Heat are prepared for the things they can do. They've scouted every play the Pacers have. There's no new wrinkles. We've seen this time in and time out. And I think that is where McMillan is getting killed is that the Heat know a lot of what's coming. And that's why they're ending in so much ISO is the plays easily get blown up, you know, or whoever the option is, is, is either not ready for the shot, not able to do the shot right now because of this or that, you know, I think that's where McMillan's getting killed. I think the rotation choice with the all bench group, I would have been pro that before the game. It didn't work. That's bad. Um, he's just showing again that, you know, his adjustments while they're adjustments and they're just, they didn't work and he's, you know, suppose out coaching him again. Yeah. One of my pet peeves, Milan has always been this way. And this is, I mean, to me, this is sort of what separates good coaches from bad coaches is he's not really good at drawing up the out of bounds play. Right. If you notice the, the heat, anytime they come out of like a timeout or whatnot, they get a good shot and they usually make it. I mean, not all the time, but they usually get a good shot, right? There, there was one play in particular. Not a Brogdon like, three with one no, on but the there shot was, clock. There, yeah, but there was one play out of a timeout where it was clearly they were going to set all this misdirection towards the rim and then kick, kick it out to Duncan Robinson at the last second, right? I think it was Crowder was cutting in and it kicked it out. Like that was clearly the game plan the entire time, but the Pacers weren't ready for it. Right. But like when the Pacers call a timeout, it feels like they have a – Maybe a play like it's like a lot of times it's like fine McDermott on some cut, but like they then they force it too early, whatever. They, they just don't have these great out of bounds plays, which is, should be the time the really the time a coach is able to actually control the game, right? Most of the time a game is a lot about flow and chaos, and it's managing the chaos. But out of those timeouts, the coach can actually just you know draw what's going to happen exactly as it should, and right. he just doesn't he just doesn't do that. I mean, they don't run a lot of stuff out of timeouts. It's like unique. Like you see, you watch Brad Stevens or you watch. Steve Kerr, like you, they, they run a ton of kind of crazy shit. And it doesn't always work, but that's usually how you know you have a coach who's like kind of thinking next level offense. So even Frank Vogel is pretty decent at it versus like McMillan just doesn't have it in him. Yeah. And I, I think another thing you see is like like the, the end of the Heat game, We the first game, sorry, the Heat game, we talked about this. They got it to six and then Spo runs out a lineup that has zero minutes together. Like ever in the regular season, he get went with Dragic, Hero, Bam, Iguodala, Butler. That had zero minutes, and the Pacers had just no answer. They just got slaughtered for three and a half minutes, and the game was over. They got smoked. It's like that kind of stuff. You're like, wow, damn. Like Spoh's got that in the bag, and McMillan does not. That kind of stuff is where the Pacers get just. That's where they get out coached. You know, they they have the adjustments ready. They get it out. It kind of works. But Spoh's got his adjustments going, and his lineup switches up, and and they're better. And they lose because I mean that's not why they're losing. We just went through every player and named this, that, and that that they did wrong. But I mean, it's definitely a factor. The, you know, the scale between player and coach. There's some blame for both right now. That's why oh, they're down. Very good, too. very good coach. I mean, you Spoh know, was, okay. See, to, yeah, a little fairness. Spo was amazing at this. Yeah, I mean, well, I <laughs> mean, not as good, but Spo was amazing at this. The sign of a good coach is he can take what he has and exceed expectations in the playoff, especially, or meet the expectations that are great, right? He did that with the Heat, right? He The goal was to win championships, and he won championships, right? With this team, the goal is can they, you know, conference finals. Conference finals, can they push the Bucks, right? I think if they even went the, I think taking the Bucks to six or seven is probably a win for this because the Bucks are the best team. Well, I don't know. They're, they're the best team, but they're, they're one of the best teams in the league. You know, they're top three. They got to get through Orlando, who's, they did beat today, but they're one of the best three teams in the league, right? So, I mean, that's what this team's goal is, where, like, the Pacers – like, you don't see McMillan doing that, I guess, in that way, same way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he just – he's not been a good playoff coach for a while, and I think this series is showing it again. 
but you know, the, the word adjustments I will not handle anymore because every coach makes adjustments, including McMillan. And I actually think his list of adjustments in this game were kind of good. They just didn't work. And Duncan Robinson couldn't miss a damn shot. And now the Pacers are at do or die mode. And we need to talk about what adjustments we would make. Well, we, we think they might make going into game three, Adam. Are you ready? I am. Well, before we do that, though, we're talking about DoorDash because between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. I just went to the grocery store right before this podcast. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. Chinese, pizza, froyo, anything is on DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants and your community, and you can do it safely. Thousands of restaurants with delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage more than ever. You can support them. Using DoorDash, you count on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA, all one word. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Go check them out. So, Adam, I'm going to just kind of kind of bury the lead here for an adjustment. How do you get Oladipo or Brogdon going? Because that's what I think it is, is you have to have one of your lead guards just pushing it to the other team. That's a tough question because I, I actually think Oladipo's had some pretty favorable matchups. I know. I mean, obviously, he got hurt that first game, so but I thought he had favorable. <laughs> I thought tonight it was a night he could have had 30 if he just had a couple more buckets. You know what I mean? Like – he. Got the line eight times. I mean, like, he didn't have a terrible night. Those two have been streaky or inconsistent, I think would be the words for them through these two games. And just a good, solid, like, stick it to him performance for the whole game. You know, 7 of 14 from Vic and Brogdon. And they win this game. They win this game just from that. If they both shoot 50%, if they could just figure, just even getting one of them going and being a solid option that it draws the attention so, to the whole game, I think would be big. And I don't, I think the adjustment among many, is how do you make that happen? So I'm wondering, this is just a, just a thought, do you just park T.J. Warren's ass in, in, in the corner and just stop worrying about <laughs> him and just say, what are you shooting the corners this season? I'm going to look, keep talking. Well, he's shooting 50% from three, so clearly yes, he, like, he's a three-point threat. If they don't guard him that spot, I guarantee he'll make a couple of them, right? I mean, yes. if he doesn't, then, that, then he definitely is just not. And he loves the baseline right floater off the fake, too. Yeah, worst case, he can pump it and go in and rent an easy you know, 12-footer. Right. I wonder if you just like stop worrying about Warren and just tell Brogdon Oladipo. 42% and, from the corner. And maybe even you get really gutsy and you start Jakar and use him as a screen like that and just run two-man game with those guys and just take that. Like, like, is there an adjustment? And I guess you probably can't start good Jakar because you need him at the center minutes. But like, is there an adjustment where they bring in a little bit bigger of a lineup, right? Do they okay. I, do I, something I'm gonna like you that? There. I'm going to count you yeah, there. Go I like the starting lineup idea, but can you hear me out here? Yeah, go what ahead. If, you know, we just talked about Vic's drives not being there. What if he's exerting so much energy on D, chasing Duncan Robinson around, that he doesn't have it for the O, so they start Sumner instead of Aaron Holiday and just say, Ed, chase Duncan Robinson like your life depends on it, and then Vic has more energy for offense. So is Aaron Holiday being respected at all in the offensive end? I don't think so, right? No, no. Uh, gotta, nope. Right, nope. so no. it's not going to be any less respected. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not going to lose much from that, I think. Yeah, or do you just – or do you just start Aaron Justin Holiday? We've seen that all season. Or do you just start Justin Holiday? I'm cool with that too. Justin's been great this series, uh, defense and offense, and can, can guard multiple positions. Switchy uh, can shoot, so he spaces the floor there. Maybe demand some attention. So, dude, you're even crazier. Do you do Ooh. you start 
Justin Holiday, and then you play Sumner over McConnell. Wow. But no McConnell Aaron at all. Making my first adjustment idea look very dumb. But well, totally make, Aaron, make Aaron Holiday the bench guy and tell him to go shoot the ball fuck time and score a bunch of points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he scored well today. We've seen him score well with the bench all season long. Now, if he's going against the bench matchups, maybe that can be highlighted. Yeah, I think they have to play Sumner more than three minutes. Like, Sumner was good. I, I like I get why they didn't. You know, that all-bench lineup he was in was bad, and that was a really killer stretch in the second quarter, actually, was when that group was in there. Uh, so they can't do that again. But Sumner has to play more than three minutes. I think he played 27 in game one, hey, and he played them pretty well, not, not awesome. I get his you – know, he's a non-factor on offense, and I bemoaned the Pacers for – you know, they had no one who could dribble, so they had so much pressure on uh, – on Brogdon and Warren to make stuff happen. Well, now you have Depot or Holiday. One of them has to stay in there. But I think if you can get some more time with that group, that would be helpful. Or Justin Holiday, either one. I agree. Yeah, I guess that maybe you make a switch in that lineup. The thing about Sumner, I guess I, I do like is he he did he was not terrible screening from the guard spot nope. uh, in that first game, and he just gives you more size, right? He gives you more ability to grab and rebounds. He just gives you a little more height. Like he just he gives you kind of. Doesn't give you the offense of Aaron Holiday, but he might give you the offensive skills that you need bet more, right? You don't necessarily need yeah. a guy that can score. You need a guy who can kind of force switches, really. Right. Right. I think, and then you have to beat into Vic's head. If you have Dunk Robinson on you one on one, take him to the rim and make him foul you and then get him out of the game with two fouls, right? I mean, that's what they gotta do. I mean, if got the, that's that's a big reason they were in this game for so long, is they got banned out for a while. They, they didn't need, play a yeah. ton in the second half, but they were in it for so long because he was out for No, it. but th- yeah, I mean, they've got to just like make this team foul them. I mean, they, a bunch. I mean, they, they did a really good job at the start of the first game, a little bit great start of this game, and then it just tailed off. They just kind of lost it. And in this game, they sort of lost other reasons because they sort of just started to, I mean, by mid-third quarter, they're down 16. So I think the game is kind of too far to reach at that point, especially considering how low score it was for some of the other, yeah. other games. But it, it, it's something like that. I mean, they, I mean, Vic pulled up on Duncan too many times. We're like, it's fine, but like, just make him foul you. He's going to foul you if you go at him, or you're going to dunk the ball. Just we want one, one or, or the other. By the way, in uh, in like twenty something high twenties minutes without Bam at a bio this series on the court, the Heat are at minus twenty two. So get keep going at him and get him out of the game again. Yeah. That was a a big factor in this in this win because the Heat do very well when he is in the game, and that's another thing they need to figure out is how can they, you know, his defensive switching has been awesome. His ability to operate as a passer screener in the in the mid posts at the perimeter has been awesome. If he hits threes, this series is just over. He won't. But if he does, um, they have to find a way to to minimize his defensive impact a little bit. And I honestly don't know how. Uh, that's that's up for the big brains of the NBA coaching. But he's just been so – like, Butler has obviously been, like, controlling the pace and doing all those important things. But Bam has really been the, the plus-minus X factor for the Heat. He's been really good. So do you have any more defense? Because I have something else I want to ask you. Go ahead. Add more in. Uh, if they win game three, are they back in the series? Is it possible to win four or five games or four against or six the team you're 0-5 against when they're trying? Yeah. Probably, probably four not. Four or five, I guess. Right? In, in this many days, you have to win. Literally, they have to win four times in basically a nine-day span. Yeah, they. Uh, this is a must-win game three, yeah, for sure. I mean, in general, it usually is anyway when you're down with two. Uh, but yeah, they really, really need this game if they want a chance of saying at any point, you know, we can win this and Again, they've been in both games for like a lot of the time, but that's you know you you can't fall on that. You haven't been good enough. They just haven't been good enough. They've literally been outmatched every step of the way. They haven't been good yeah. enough. They have to be better. And being in the games eventually is going to start not meeting anything. I mean, that point was at, when they lost game one, but 
They have to win. They just have to win game three or else, you know, then you go into the, then either game four is you get the pity win or game four is like a franchise altering kind of loss. And then they, they don't want either of those things. So they really need to win game three. Yeah. I'm with you there. I actually predicted in a group chat that I said he didn't six and they would win game three and game five, which is still on the table. So feeling good. I, about think they'll pro- I mean, I don't know how, how this bubble works. I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's so like, be so deflated because they're playing so many games or so many days no home court to kind of flip momentum if you need to or what because you know what i mean like it feels like a lot of time kind of usually if it's like in this series i think normally if there was a if it was a regular season they probably would have been the five seed right the fourth got the four seed because miami stopped playing the last game and yes whatever they would have been the five seed i mean that's where they were probably heading um maybe even six it might have been six yeah <laughs> yeah to be honest it might have been six so you would think down 2-0, lost both games Miami. They head back to Indiana to get the spark of being home. That would get them game three, right? That would carry them. They don't have that. So I don't know right. what, how you get that kind of – because you're clearly a little outmanned, right? So you need something else to push you. And so usually you get the spark of a home game where your best player like Vic scores 40, 35 points and just because he can't miss and he's boosted. So I don't know how they get that extra spark to push him through game three, I guess. So here's what I think. Well, this is, the spark they need is one role player steps up huge, right? Miles, if you count Miles as a role player, I guess they had that in this game. Miles was really good, but like no, one of your McDermott, we just I'm just saying McDermott's name for the first time. He was bad. He was really bad in game two, right? One of your McDermott McConnell guys has to be just good, like really good and useful to beat the Heat. I think, and they haven't had that yet. I'm with you there. I mean, that's just really good. Yeah, they uh, they need a lot more. They, went, they just need a lot he, more. Do you think they win game three? You know, I have no reason to say that they do. I really have no yeah, same. reason to say they do. They've been, again, like I just said, they've been outmatched every step of the way. They just resort to, at points, they just give up basically on running whatever they want to run and take these long jumpers and don't hunt for the right shots. So I have no reason to think that all of a sudden that's going to stop or that the Heat are just going to forget how to defend the guys they've been defending. They've done a good job of shutting down basically every, you know, good option the Pacers have. So, like, obviously Duncan Robinson shooting ridiculous might not happen every game, although it could. But, yeah, if they they just – they have to be better, and I don't know that they will be. So, I think I'm going to pick the Heat in game three. Yeah, right now I'm there with you, but maybe something will change. Um, so to end I'm going to pick not- the Heat until the Pacers give me a reason not to pick the Heat. Exactly. Um, so to end, not on a downer note. So <laughs> uh, we got some news today. The NBA lottery happened. Ah, uh, Knicks did, yeah. Knicks did not win it. Minnesota won the lottery. It, the top three picks are Minnesota, Golden State, and Charlotte. Um, do you think any of this affects the Pacers? Good lotto for the Pacers. Uh, the three teams in their division: Cavs fell, Pistons fell, Bulls only moved up two spots. Pretty good lotto for the for the Pacers. Uh, maybe if the Warriors want to use their trade exception to acquire a Pacers player. I will not name any names. Uh, they could maybe sneak in that two pick or get involved in a deal for that two pick. But this is right, a bad draft, so the values of the picks are really hard to gauge. Okay. And I don't know. I do nothing. I would say usually I don't think any pick is worth the number two overall pick. But if the uh, I think Lamelo Ball is going to be a stud. But I think the rest of the top guys are bad. That's kind of what I was thinking. But I think Minnesota <laughs> will take it unless they somehow they can get like somebody crazy good. Yeah, Lotto broke pretty well in general, but the rest of the draft. Yeah, I mean, it's just a bad draft. It makes it hard to gauge everything. And, like, they don't have a first-round pick, so it doesn't matter. They have the 54th pick, which we will probably do a total of, like, two or three podcasts. (laughs) 
<laughs> or maybe, maybe two or three to segments to content in October. Look, I have guys I like, so I'll talk to you guys about them when it gets to that point. But of course yeah. you will. I will stay out. Of it, it is it's the 54th pick at that point. I don't care. Right. I just don't care who you pick. Just do it. Um, yeah, I got nothing else today. I, I, I think we nailed it kind of at the end that just, they have to be better. They've, they've been worse than the heat every step of the way. And if they can't get better. Things might be over sooner rather than later. Yeah. I'm, I'm out of stuff for now. Hopefully they'll play better Saturday. Hopefully they play better Saturday so we can be maybe a little peppier on the show. Although we have been waiting a couple hours to record these. I think Saturday we'll be able to do a little bit more instance of reactions, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys a ton for sticking around and listening. Uh, again, we'll be right after game three on Saturday. We'll have the pot up instead of the next day. Thank you guys for listening and we will see you on Saturday.